Welcome to the Beside Ourselves podcast. I, I am Daniel. Holy shit, that was really energetic. I like it. <laughs> it was like a Dracula kind of. Oh, oh, welcome to the midnight hour. <laughs> Feels like we need like a, a lightning sound effect or something like that, and like a, like a creepy organ. Uh, that's my dream, that's Maybe, my dream job. <laughs> I want to be Sven Gulli. I want to have like a YouTube show where it's just me showing horror movies. You're gonna be like the male Elvi- Elvira. Is that is that what you're trying to tell me? Can, can yeah. we get you like some really big boobs though? Always Ooh. nice. That sounds fancy. <laughs> I'm Shakuna, by the way. Hi. I'm Hi, Shakuna. Hi. Hi, Shakuna. Hi. I am Benny the Wax King. <laughs> Hi, Benny the Wax King. <laughs> Why? Why'd you add King all of a sudden? I have no idea. I, I, I was trying it out. Hey, he's King. Let like, it be. It's like Jerry Lawler, the the King Lawler. Oh, uh, oh, King I Wax, mean, Wax King over here. I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of uh. Jerry the King. Really? No. Why, why is that? I'm curious now. I mean, I just, I'm not really a fan. Fair enough. Is that okay. a wrestler? Yeah, that, that's a wrestler. Well, yeah. a wrestler turned, like, announcer. Commentator. Um, com- commentator, yeah. What did he just do, JR? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. That's more, <laughs> that's, that's more, J, more JR than. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh, my God. I can't believe we just did that. The Undertaker just smashed him right through a table. You know, now that you're saying he's an announcer, I'm picturing it, and I think I remember him. Yeah. So, I mean, I did watch it during the Attitude Era. Same. A lot. You're so. sick, man, and Chris Masters. <laughs> Chris Masters. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, we're, just, we're... It's when I think he like this like wrestler put like this like it's called like the Master Lock is like is like little like I think that's like a full announcement like uh like like, like toad on this like uh, like woman, and <laughs> it just was like a wild time. Okay. And, and JR were just like, oh, you are a sick man, cursed bastards. You are a sick man. <laughs> so, like, does he, give him the, the people's elbow. elbow. I, I'm fine. Does he prepare people for his master lock? Like, you know how they, like, wiggle and stand there and stare at him while the person's, like, dazed and spinning around? I mean, yeah. Kind so of. it's kind of like baiting? Is he masturbating? Oh, God. Oh, that's. Don't make me use the sound effect, Dan. Don't make me use it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'm here all week. <laughs> Try the fish. Oh, I don't forget see to tip a your cat. I just, I just I saw cats. Cats. There's cats everywhere in this house. Oh, cats house. everywhere. So before we get into this, I, I want to talk briefly about that fucking sad summer 2003, uh, 2023. Sorry. Yes, 2003. Wow. When did that happen? Go back in time, kids. Kind of no. feels like it. Some of the bands. I mean, sure. I'm pretty stoked about that. I mean, again, I'm so bad because I feel like I I went from like total like. Take about Sunday fandom to like, I'm I'm excited to see them I guess, but I'm more excited about the other bands. Right. To be honestly, just because of like, like again, like not the whole band, just one part of the band has kind of been going like downhill over the past decade, and it's a uh, it, it's quite unfortunate to see. But I'm still excited. I still buy tickets. I still watch like, um, take about Sunday play obviously, but sure. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's gonna be a pretty good show. I'm pissed off about the uh, the select dates comments. Wait, what's what's the deal with the select dates? So with special guests on select dates is the Andrew McMahon, the head automatic of the Ellis Dunes in the Motion City. Oh yeah. no, we don't know what dates those four will be on. So I want Motion all City four of those. Five, yeah, like Motion City said, they're I saw it in their post they're going to be on five dates. Um, How many dates I, are they doing? Uh, I think there's a total of like. 15? Uh, I didn't add them up. Oh, you're right, though. Like, it's... It kind of... 
I saw that, and it kind of. If all of them were there, that'd be one story, like one, like one thing. But I don't know. It depends. Cause... Like I'd, I'd, perverse or whatever their name is, and and the main. I like those two bands, but I wish they were down in the select dates section. So I was close. Yeah. It was, so I was close. It was sixteen. Uh, sixteen dates total. So. Okay. So we have like, a total I want of to see LS Dunes. I've seen Motion City like 15 times. I'm cool. Sadly, I'd miss them. And I I've, rather, yeah, same. I've seen Head Automatica once, and it was amazing. And mm, I've never yeah. seen Andrew McMahon in this form. That's what no, I, I, that's I, what I, I want to see. It, it, I'm really hoping Andrew McMahon's on this one, but I have a feeling we're probably going to get LS Dunes. I mean, Which, I want LS Dunes really same. bad. But we're going to have LS Dunes I, at, uh, at When We Were Young Fest, aren't we? We're going to see what? Isn't LS Dunes at When We Were Young Fest? I don't think so. Are they? I don't think so. No, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at that giant poster in a yeah, while. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> but, I mean, I've seen, uh, like, Motion City, like, again, not as much as you, Dan, but I've seen them a lot. And the last time I saw them was supposedly their, like, last Michigan show. So I kind of already kind of said goodbye. <laughs> but if they would ever do the comeback, obviously, I would I'd probably go see them again. I think you went, like, I think it was last year, and I meant to go to that show, but... It's I think a great I just, show. Yeah, it's but again, I've seen them so many times, and like, and if they have a new album, maybe I, I'd be more interested. I but I mean, again, I've seen them. Motion City them. kills it every time. Confession they time. They're really, really consistent for sure. Like they're always good. Confession always time. Good. I've never seen them live. I know you. We talked about this when I talked about how many times I've seen them before. I know. So, uh, um, but Mom Jeans, Hot Mulligan, Stan Atlantic. I'm here for all three of those. Same. And Take It Back Sunday, I'll see him. Like I said, I've I've seen Take It Back Sunday like I don't know seven or eight times, and only a handful of times were they good, and that was way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's just a shame. But yeah, I, I'm down for like Mom Jeans for sure. Like uh, how Mulligan, I mean, it, it should should be good. I mean, hopefully the dates kind of fall in our favor and we get the bands we want. But and I like the main a lot, but we've seen them quite a bit. Or I've seen them quite a bit for a band that is only okay to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I'm really hoping we get Andrew McMahon, but I have a feeling we'll get LS Dunes in exchange. But we'll see. If not, so sad you... that Water Parks isn't on it this year. Shut up! No, I don't care about Water Parks. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't want to go then. <laughs> well, good. You're not going then. But uh, but gentlemen, we are uh, we're here to do another wonderful album review uh, tonight. And uh, considering, what? yeah. And considering, I didn't prepare it all. I know you didn't. And considering, <laughs> I grew notes. And considering that uh, this uh, episode will be coming out uh, the day after my birthday or so, I you know I figured that I would have the honor of of picking the album to review uh, this week. So I'm just gonna release it on your birthday. Good. Well, but technically, then you'd be releasing it on a Sun. Nope, Saturday. You really? It's this Saturday. It's this Saturday. Oh my gosh, Shakuna. How uh, old are you going to be? 32? Yes. 28. 20, you handsome tw- devil. 28. You. 28, wow. yeah. I, I feel, uh, don't feel a day over 35, I guess. <laughs> so, anyways, um, the album I picked tonight, uh, I think uh, you guys might enjoy, but we'll find out. Uh, it is the <laughs> third studio album from uh, one of my favorite bands, Anne Berlin, and it's called Cities. Um, yeah, so uh, I want to give you guys some backstory about it, uh, and then we can kind of dive into the track list, uh, and uh, you know, we'll uh, go from there. Uh, so 
This is uh, an album that, once again, is their third studio album, uh, released after their second album, Never Take Friendship Personal, which has been regarded as like one of the a fan favorite. Um, it was produced by Aaron Sprinkle, uh, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with Aaron Sprinkle. <laughs> Sprinkle. Sprinkle. Uh, but he produced uh, Al- Acceptances, uh, album Phantoms, which we all know and love. Um, he also produced uh, albums for Page of the Lion, Copeland, Reliant K, Newfound Glory, MXPX, May, oh. Icon for Hire, and also Detroit Natives Every Avenue. So he uh, is a very, very well-accomplished producer. Wow. Yeah, he's done quite a lot. Um, so the album was recorded in 40 days, and the band went back on tour the next day to promote it. So they literally did not break a beat. So as soon as they were done, they gave it a quick listen after it was done mastered, and they're just like, we're on the road. Let's go and promote this thing. Um, there was two singles that were released on the album, Godspeed and The Unwinding Cable Car, which obviously we'll get into those as we go through the track listing. Uh, it was released alongside uh, the initial release was a deluxe version uh, in the U.S. and Japan, which included a behind-the-scenes DVD of like the making of the album and kind of how quickly they got it done. And three bonus songs, uh, two covers, uh, or two of which are cover songs. Uh, There's a light that never goes out by the Smiths, the Promise, which uh, was is done by Win in Rome, and then of course, uh, Uncanny in the U.S. and then a song called The Haunting, which was released in Japan. Um, ah, it all comes together. It all comes together. Now, don't it? Uh, so the concept of the album is a little bit more mature in scope. Uh, the lead singer, Christian, Stephen Christian, mentioned that the first two albums, uh, which are uh, Blueprints for the Black Market and Never Take Friendship Personal, uh, were Man vs. World and Man vs. Man, respectively. And this is more Man vs. Self. So uh, and I think we might see a little bit more of that theming as we kind of go through the track listing. At least I'd like to hope that we would. Um, the album received critical success with Absolute Punk giving it an 85%, All Music and All Press giving it 4.5 out of 5 stars, and Sputnik Music giving it a flawless 5 out of 5. Um, in, in terms of sales, uh, it sold 34,000 units in its first week of sales and debuted at number 19 on the Billboard Hot, one, or Hot 200. Uh, it also reached up to number 7 on the iTunes Top Albums chart on, on that uh, release week as well. So yeah, so there is uh, some some background information uh, about it, you guys want to a plus in research, sir. That that's, what I, a... that's what I do. I, I have a, actually have a lot of research. That's what I do. That's what I do. You're in charge of research from now on. No, even if no, what I edit the podcast. Come on, <laughs> all right, fine. Maybe mine has never been that good. So respect <laughs> to you. Thanks, appreciate. And Benny's in charge of promoting the podcast, which he's done really good lately. Aww. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the last two episodes were not promoted at all on Instagram. <laughs> I got to go and promote them because they're good episodes. They are good episodes. I agree. I think all of our episodes are good. <laughs> Every single one of the masterpiece. I couldn't agree more. Um, so, gentlemen, you guys want to hop into the track listing, or do you want to talk about anything before we do that? No. So, I'll before we get into this album, yeah. my history with the band. Um, let me get. So, I listened to, of course, Never Take Friendship Personal quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah, I love that album. And then for some reason, I did not listen to Cities or Lost Songs, and I remember loving New Surrender, and that's all I know of Amberlin. Yeah, so <laughs> so their first record uh, is called uh, Blueprints for the Black Market, and it's kind of one of my, I wouldn't say it's like my absolute favorite, but it is, for a debut album from that band, it's pretty flawless all the way through. Um, I can't think of like a, a bad song on it. I mean, I might be looking at this a little bit through rose-colored glasses, but sure. but if you enjoyed Never Take Friendship Personal, I think you might like Blueprints for the Black Market. It's a little bit more on the rockier side of things instead of like, kind of like... Polished. I, I, well, no. I, I mean, it, it just feels a little bit more like Garage Rocky, if that's... Mm, okay. But it, it's a great album. I absolutely love it. So I had no history with this band. Like, I, I think 
I've never listened to one of the albums in full ever. Um, but for some reason, I found, and I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but I found like I guess the only one I recognized mm-hmm. surprisingly was was Adelaide. Yeah, and was that like a? It wasn't a single though, right? You said it was like not. It was, it was Godspeed and the Unwinding Cable Car. Unwinding Cable Car. Mm-hmm. So, just like I recognize Adelaide a lot, and I don't know if I heard it in, the, in like a soundtrack somewhere or like on the radio or something, but I definitely recognize that song it's possible um, it's, it's uh, yeah it's possible but again i i definitely i definitely enjoyed it so i'm uh i'm definitely excited to hop right in um don't worry um i'm not going to keep up the trend of <laughs> shitting on your one of your favorite albums on or near your birthday oh so. oh well thanks benny i appreciate it um but yeah I so might shit on a little because it's not my favorite of the three that I've listened to, oh, but I don't hate snap. it. Oh, snap. This should be interesting. Is uh, this like your favorite or second favorite then? This is probably my favorite record of theirs, yes. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's, it, 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 it wavers back and forth between this and Never Take Friendship Personal. Um, also, keep in mind, too, that they're only released within like two years of each other, too. So it was a very, very close uh, relationship in terms of when that album was released to, to then. Um, the cool. other the other thing to mention here, Benny, uh, in relation to Adelaide, uh, and we can talk more about this when we play the song, obviously. But uh, Tooth and Nail put a ton of money, which is their label, uh, put a ton of money behind this release because it was supposed to be when they signed their their deal originally with Tooth and Nail that this was going to be the last record on the label. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's their next album that came out after this, which is uh, New Surrender, uh, was a major label release, and that got promoted heavily, but didn't do as well. So when that failed, um, Tooth and Nail immediately grabbed them back for the the rest of their uh, the albums that they released past that point. So mm-hmm. with the exception of this new one that's coming out, uh, they almost every single album's been released on Tooth and Nail. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much cool. it. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. So uh, I'm skipping over debut, uh, which is the first track, only because... Why? I have notes. I I, said very boring (laughs) instrumental opening. That's that's exactly why. Uh, I'm just skipping over because, once again, it's like a minute and a half of just random ass noises with with no kind of meat into it. But it leads into the the next track, which I consider the the title track of the album, or not the title track of the album, but the first song of the album, which is Godspeed. So with that being said, let's, uh, let's play some of it. Let's do it. So um, this song, uh, I did some research on it. According to now, a lot of these quotes I'm pulling from are from Stephen Christian, the uh, the lead singer of the band, um, because he's the one that pretty much wrote all of them. Um, so he said this song is about the glamorous lives of musicians that people seem to put up on a pedestal and worship. Why? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll seem to get you to about the age of 27, and then you die tragically. Um, yeah. Which is agree. Vicious. The Rolling Stones. <laughs> not 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 too vicious. Sorry, like uh, his. His girlfriend, I believe, Nancy. Nancy. So okay, so so he so yes, he mentions the Chelsea Hotel. Yes, in in the lyrics, which is where, like Sid Vicious's girlfriend, like Nancy. Oh, got it. Yeah, Sid Vicious. Okay. 
Um, and if you think of like Sex Pistols, you probably think of like sex drugs or sex drugs, rock and roll, whatever. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I consider like, I mean, I'm assuming that's what he was referring to when he wrote the song. Could be. Um, and what and, and what you just said too. I mean, so. isn't there also like, if I remember correctly, isn't there like a curse that exists with musicians that died like a very young age and like I think it's like 23. Is that right? Like that's the age that Kurt Cobain died. Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Yeah, there's like a, a bunch of them that died at that age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can make it past there, you'll make it till forever. Yeah, allegedly. Um, anyways, uh, so some of my notes here that I, I wrote, um, and I'll, you'll find that I'm going to gush about a lot of these songs. Um, I love the intro and chorus of this. Um, this is also the song that they use uh, when they uh, do live shows that they start off with because it has that whole that whoa. Like that's just like when the audience mm-hmm. just kind of just eats that up and just just belts it out. It, it feels almost kind of like sea shanty-ish a little bit in some regard, in some regards as well, uh, which I thought that you might appreciate, Dan, considering you're big into sea shanties for some odd reason. Uh, <laughs> Why some odd reason? There's a perfectly logical reason to love sea shanties. Oh, yeah? And what, what reason is that? The sea is magical and beautiful, and someday we will all live on it. We're going to say because you have a beard. Melt, so we should learn all the sea shanties. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love this song, and uh, I, I like the fact that it, it really brings the audience together and just kind of gets them ready for the rest of the show. So it's um it's a good it's a it's a good one. It's one of my favorites. Anyways, gents, go ahead and discuss. Yep. So I mean, I'll go. I mean, this is probably one of my favorite songs on on the album. If not, if not the favorite, but I, and it's, I like the message. Like, like it's it's pretty cool, and it was it was pretty clear. I mean, I did have to do some research because I remember I recognized the, the Chelsea Hotel, mm-hmm. and I remember. Like I think I watched a documentary on it, and it was called Dreaming Walls um, documentary, and it actually was about the Chelsea Hotel and some of the stories uh, behind it. Um, and I think I think the Sid Vicious story was part of that as well. But I, I thought it was a good kind of nod to that, uh, like that story, um, and I really enjoyed it. Interesting. I love the high energy of the song. The lyrics and the verses are dope, but. Course leaves me wanting a little more. It's still not bad. Sure. Um, the fantastic guitar solo and the follow up with the highlight of the bass solo is sick. It's a jamming song. I it dig is. it. Yeah, it's uh, it's like it's said, not that the chorus was bad and the woes are fine, but it just seemed like you had such strong verses. And I I feel this way about so many albums, but like the verses killed it, and the chorus was just like, all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Okay. You did a chorus. I got gotcha. <laughs> you. You filled some time. Way to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's one of my favorite songs on the album, and uh, just it sets it up for the rest of it. Um, but yeah. So I guess we move on to uh, track number three, which is Adelaide. Let's give it get a little bit of a listen. Right, so um, I know probably you guys are thinking that Adelaide is a girl that, or a, a woman that uh, Stephen Christian's kind of fantasizing about, but uh, believe it or not, he did not write Adelaide about a girl, but rather about himself. Um, so it's title, so it's title comes from the uh, first city that Amberlynn uh, saw on their earliest trip to Australia, uh, which is Adelaide. 
Um, so the song, so according to him, uh, this is kind of a direct quote from him. He says, the song is about me and no one else. I was scared of being alone. I would try to pretend I wasn't, but I needed the attention of the opposite sex to thrive. I learned better the hard way. Um, oh, yeah. Shit. So some of my notes about this song is, uh, I love a lot of the soliloquies that he's kind of weaving throughout the song. Uh, like for example, like lipstick traces on pillowcases. Like I feel like that's pretty, uh, that you kind of can derive a lot of other things like about maybe how he's like kind of sleeping around while he's on tour. Um, and also, um, I don't know. There's a lot of other kind of things that are like thrown into the, the song, but, uh, funny enough, uh, lipstick traces was actually a store that was right around the corner from their studio in Seattle. So, uh, so he just threw it in the bridge, which I was like, I'm like, Oh, that kind of ruins the magic of it. Cause I was like, I was hoping that like, there was like a lot more to it, uh, but, mm-hmm. but it was just like, Hey, I saw this place and I'm like, Oh, I'll just toss this in here. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, the whole course on this thing is like super catchy. Um, very, very singable, very danceable. I don't know. I love it. No, for sure. And I guess I didn't really, I got lost in that part about it being about himself. <laughs> Same. I mean, it, it, it seemed to me that it, it, it was, again, like, you know, I was like, I wasn't looking too far, too far between the lines on this one. Um, I, I thought it was just about like, a, a toxic like relationship that he just wanted to like, get out of, which I guess it could be a toxic relationship with, with himself, as you kind of just pointed out. Sure. Um, so, but yeah, I didn't really, uh, I, I know where Adelaide, I know where Adelaide was. But I thought, yeah, I thought it was about like a relationship or something, like, some partner that, that that was toxic. But yeah, I'd be wrong. Apparently, same here. Yeah, I, I was uh, when I was doing research for this. I was like, I'm like, oh really? Oh, well, that kind of ruins the magic a little bit. But uh, still, love the track. Anyways, Daniel. Daniel, this is probably one of my least favorite songs on the album. Really, I th- because it's the basic amberlin formula i don't love i like when they think more out of the box sure and there's so many effects on his vocals and i think he's a great singer to begin with but like it's just like it makes it almost too sugary sweet i'm feeling like cute is what we aim for level of singing vocals which drive me nuts no that's totally fair um i i know i have the same notes as you i know he's singing about himself because i read that and it's the title of a town in Australia, and it's not about a girl. But Jesus, come on, man! This is about a girl. I don't care. Yeah, well, I, I feel like ruin you were the just illusion. like, I don't want to get called out, so I'm gonna name it after a town. Like this, I mean, the lyrics are pretty like naming the baby here. Yeah, it's, right. It's pretty on the nose. I like that term, so naming right. the baby. That's in good your one. face. Huh? Something about the singing, like it sounds like he's in an echoey room but it's layered in an echoey room. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, Oh, this is too much. Okay. Especially on the chorus, but fair. That was just my opinion. This is the one song I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and to speak to your point there, uh, Dan, he has, he does have an amazing singing voice. And yeah, uh, it, we, I know he does. I don't know. Have you guys, you, I know, I know Benny, you probably have never seen them live. Have you seen them live no. before Dan? I think I have. It rings a bell, but I can't remember. Okay. Like it, it was my event at a warp tour. Fair. So I feel like if I knew they were playing, I would go see them. Yeah. So I know it had to be at like one of those kind of things. I can tell you if you go to a proper headlining show of theirs, uh, it's almost a given that Stephen Christian will pretty much like completely destroy his voice by the end of the night because he like literally gives everything he's got into his performance. Um, the last time I saw them live was at St. Andrews in Detroit. Uh, you know, for those of you that obviously don't live in Detroit, that's where St. Andrews Hall is. Uh, anyways, um, but <laughs> I want to say it was like in 20, either 2018 or 2019 was like right before the pandemic happened. Um, and, uh, 
literally the last song that they were going to sing, which is the the last song on this album, uh, ironically enough, uh, he basically just said, he like he came out he's like I can't I can't sing anymore, guys. You're going to have to like sing this one for me, and like, and the entire crowd just like just just jumped into it and just like sang louder than you could possibly imagine. It was it was like a really kind of just a, a special moment. So, but it's because once again he just completely destroyed his voice, just like just going at it on every song that they uh, they played. So. Yeah, it's it's like I said, if if you have the opportunity and you like any aspect of this album, like they play a lot of these songs uh, live, and they just sound just as good as they are on uh, on record. So I don't care. I need to see. I need to hear "Feel Good" drag again live. If I haven't seen heard it live, they they play that song. They play that song live all the time too. And it's I'm uh, assuming it's it's one of their biggest songs, I believe. It is in terms of commercial success because once again that was the single that was promoted heavily through the major label that they signed to, which I want to say was Universal if memory serves, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, they they promoted that song like heavily to the point like everyone knew about it. Uh, funny story about that too. Uh, just as a quick aside, uh, <laughs> when I was working in, uh, I did a I did a side gig for a buddy of mine who uh, who DJed at a strip club at one point in time. And <gasps> you saw someone strip to Amberlin? I did, and it was to that song in specifics. It was, it was so surreal because like, the thing is, like, I knew the band way before like that single kind of blew up on on like mainstream rock radio, and I was just like, "Oh, girl, if you only knew!" Like, <laughs> they probably would not want to do anything with being in a strip club considering they're like a Christian band. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, so it's like, I remember seeing someone dance to AFI once, and it blew my mind. Oh yeah, right on. That's cool. So yeah, uh, that so it was kind of like, blow, huh? Huh? Yeah. huh? huh? <laughs> no, no. Dun, dun. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I'm perfect. You should. Oh. Well, it's Dan a, told me stop using sound effects. So I'm I'm stopping to use sound effects. No, you can use not them, as just we're using them a lot. <laughs> Fine. Anyways, the laugh track was intense. Your mom was intense. <laughs> uh, That's right. <laughs> All right, I guess we're moving on to track number four. Uh, okay, so uh, we're moving on to uh, track number four, which is called A Whisper and a Clamor. Let's give it a listen. All right, so um, unfortunately, I couldn't find a lot of research on this except for just a lot of like fan theories about what the meaning sure. behind this song is, um, and they're kind of all over the place. Um, the The big one that a lot of people seem to link it to is abortion for some odd reason. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, and the reason why is because there is this anti-abortion propaganda film called The Silent Scream, and... Um, they say uh, you are the silent screams like a bunch of times in in this uh, in this song in terms of the lyrics. Um, however, though, there are others that seem to go against that idea and link it to uh, someone going through like the motions of depression. Um, hence, like the whisper and clamor, like the, the idea of like being able to like uh, whisper, but no one hears what you're saying, that that kind of thing. So like feeling alone and secluded. Um, this honestly is like one of my least favorite songs on the album. It's it's not that it's bad necessarily, but it, just, it feels very repetitive, and I just don't really dig the chorus that much. It feels very bland and just kind of 
just kind of meh. Um, the, the one thing that I will say is the saving grace of this song, though, is the uh, the bridge breakdown where it gets uh, like brings out the acoustic guitars and the piano mm-hmm. and has like kind of like this somber sort of like uh, like kind of like calmness before it like ramps back up and just like kicks right back into high gear. Um, and also I like, kind of like how it ends also on that same sort of calmness at the end of it. So, um, mm. yeah, it's, it feels very whimsical in that sort of regard. Um, but yeah, it, like I said, it's not one of my personal favorites, uh, but I'll listen to it. That's pretty much what I have to say about that. Mm. Gentlemen. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I mean, I, I thought it was all right. I mean, I didn't, again, I didn't really find much about it either. Um, one thing I found that it seems like it's like kind of dealing with someone who doesn't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what, which could lead to like, you know, like depression. And those like, those like themes you were speaking on earlier, but I didn't mind it. I mean, I thought like the, 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 the clap part was okay. I mean, I, I think it was maybe supposed to be, like, be, be more than what it was. Um, but I, I didn't mind it, but again, it, it I wouldn't say it's my least favorite song, but it wasn't my favorite song. Yeah. But I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it, though. Sure. Daniel? I didn't like it at all. Um, <laughs> I figured you wouldn't. It was like a nursery rhyme at po- at points, and then the repetitiveness of telling us to clap. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> you're Don't not my mom. Clap, damn it. And I know you're telling me like 300 times in the song to clap, but that I don't mean I'm going to clap. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. Are you saying if you're at the show, you would not clap during I mean, the song? Probably during the song live, but I don't Damn want to right, sit in my clap. bedroom and be like, ha, 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 I'm clapping. Well, who, I'm who with the band. Their, who claps in there, like, alone? Uh, <laughs> I clap all the time alone. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Okay. Well, when no one I'm tells still... me to, when I'm not prompted That's right. to clap, I will clap on my own terms, Benny. <laughs> you're not the boss of me now uh all right so yeah uh we move on then to track number five uh which is their second single off the album it's called the unwinding cable car let's give it a listen Ah, absolutely love this song. Um, so the song is about people who do not. Uh, so it's this is actually taken from a Bible verse. Uh, so, I mean, if we haven't really kind of pointed this out a bunch of times already, that uh, Amberlynn is a Christian band. Although the yeah. one thing the one thing I appreciate about this band is that they don't beat you over the head with religion. Uh, whereas there are a lot of uh, bands like you know like your Jars of Clay's, your Newsboys that that just like, oh my God, His grace, His salvation washes over me. That that kind of stuff. I'm very glad that they're subtle with with their the religious iconography, um, and this. Ooh. If I wouldn't have known that this was uh, about a Bible verse, a Bible verse, I wouldn't have guessed it um, because it's, I didn't know that. Yeah, so you according, ruined it. You ruined it for me. Sorry. So uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so according to this, it says uh, the song is about those people who do not see how truly amazing they really are. They seem to give up before they see what life is about to show them, uh, which is a uh, which is a parody or a, a reinterpretation of Exodus 17. So um, something to kind of pull from that. Uh, like I said, I, I personally adore this song. Uh, Grant's a little heavy-handed on the religious iconography, as I mentioned before. But I, I love the uplifting, you're so brilliant, don't you forget. And, and honestly, um, there's a few times, like especially like when I'm not feeling all that great about myself and I hear this song, I kind of get a little misty-eyed about it because I'm just like, you know, it's like 
I don't feel like there's too much uplifting music that kind of just like says, hey, you know, like shit sucks, but you know, you're going to get through it and it's going to be okay. And it's like, yeah, like this, the song kind of helps to kind of pull you out of that funk, if you will. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's really cool. <clears throat> Sorry. I, I mean, I, I kind of had the same kind of, I, I mean, it was like one, like one little note and it just was, um, someone's looking for the answer and like, and just never losing hope. And that's kind of like, I kind of like got the, from this and I would agree with this would be a good song to listen to when you're like, okay, I just need to get out of this fucking funk. Maybe I should listen to this song. Maybe I should listen to the song again yeah. on repeat for, until I'm out of my funk. Maybe sure. we'll see. But, um, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I think his vo- vocals are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of want to hear it live. Oh, so <laughs> to be honest. funny you mentioned that because uh, they play this song live all the time and they actually do it acoustically, which I which I appreciate about mm. it because the majority of the song is acoustic. Uh, the the uh, when they get to the uh, then I'll leave you out of the dark and, and then like kind of hear him like scream the, the word dark. Uh, he literally just blows out his entire voice doing that. Like he'll like he'll just keep that he'll sustain that note for like a good like minute and a half and just like Ooh. yeah it's it's something really cool to see uh i i actually think i recorded it on my phone i'll i'll send it to you uh so you can check it out at some point but yeah it's cool. uh, it's really that song is done so well live and the audience participation that goes along with it is just it's it's something to be- behold it's it's a lot of fun anyway daniel daniel I fucking love this song. Oh, um, thank God. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Good chorus, strong verse, amazing uplifting message before I found out it was religious. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. And I've I've actually listened to this song many times since like I listened to this album last weekend yeah. to prepare mm-hmm. and did notes then, but I've listened to this song a bunch of times since then. Mm. Just went and found it because I needed to hear it. Yeah, because mm. it's been a rough January already, and this is a really good, uplifting song. But Shit, yeah, yeah right? I love it. Yeah, it, it's Fuck definitely been a rough man. one. But yeah, so uh, all right, we move on now to track number six, which is called "There's No Mathematics to Love and Loss," the biggest Fallout Boy title <laughs> ever. Anyways, <laughs> here we go. Right, so this song is surprisingly enough about divorce. Uh, Yep, yep, yeah. Which I I didn't originally pick up on that uh, when I've heard I've heard this song like a million times, Um, but I never really kind of like put two and two together on that one uh, until Mm -hmm. I did some research on this. So um, according to once again the lead singer Stephen Christian, he said this is a true story about a friend of mine from Florida that was in a band there. Uh, I called to make sure that I could tell his story about it. So apparently he was getting divorced and told me uh, without stories like mine, music wouldn't exist, which is that's a a pretty powerful endorsement of like telling about like probably one of the most difficult times in his life. Um, So, um, uh, he said that uh, my sister Christine told me to write a story like they do in country music, and this is my attempt at such a direction. Um, oh, so, okay. I will say this: I skip over this song quite a lot, um, mainly because it doesn't sound like an Amber Lynn song to me. It sounds more like a Motion City soundtrack album or song, uh, just with the, like the heavy synths uh, and and just kind of like the the really driving tempo. 
Um, but it's uh, it's not that it's a bad song necessarily. It's just personally not my favorite. So I'm going to cut in real quick because I agree with you completely. I said this song is all right. I like the synth heaviness of it, but it seems completely out of place yep. on this album and with this band, obviously. Um, it's not bad, but it's not my favorite. The structure song's weird. But the lyrics are solid. Yeah, no, the lyrics so. are definitely great. Um, I feel like this song could have been a B side, and one of the bonus tracks, which we'll talk about later, I feel could have like been put in its place, and uh, and and had a and had a better fit, personally speaking. But that's just me, Benny. What do you think? I didn't really uh, have the same opinion that you guys have. I mean, I again, I definitely I'm on with synth. I I I love that shit. Sure. Like, 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 give me it all all fucking day. Um, but. <laughs> I definitely even just like the, the, the simple lyrics like if you're leaving like leave the cigarettes um you already got the lighter in the keys like it's it, I love that I don't know it just seems like it's so simple but I love it and it's again I had to like dive into it to figure out it was about um like I guess the worst but I mean if you even like like that like it's about someone like leaving you yeah um, so I guess it, it, it's kind of obvious if you if you, if you like, read the lyrics um but. I was a fan of it. Um, I wouldn't say it didn't belong on the record, but I definitely thought it. I can see why it's it can be easily separated from from the rest of the songs. Sure, but I still enjoyed it. The one thing that I appreciate about this album too, and just kind of like as a, a quick aside, is that every song kind of emboldens a different person and kind of like a different feeling that exists in kind of living in a larger city or even in a small town for that matter. Um, like like for example, like. Uh, Whisper and a Clamor being kind of about depression and, and kind of just like feeling alone and secluded, right? Um, uh, hello, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, there's no mathematics to love and loss about divorce. I mean, there's like, these are all things that people are going through that live in these larger cities that are just, that because no one, because they're all kind of like faceless in some regards, um, mm -hmm. no no one kind of understands their struggle, right? Or just kind of like says, well, I got my own shit to deal with. You you can deal with whatever you got going on. Is that, that why it's called cities? That's what I, that's, that's my personal like fan theory about it. But uh, it does feel like a concept album in that regard. Yeah. That but makes I, sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you dive oh, deep into stuff. I do. I, I dive deep into albums. I love anyways. Uh, we move on now to track number seven, gentlemen. This is called hello alone. Let's give it a listen. So yeah, um, this song, um, it just there's not really a lot of research I could find on this song. Uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of songs that just didn't have as much research built into them, uh, just from fans and what have you. But the, the what I can glean from it, just from the lyrics, is it just it echoes loneliness in small towns or even large cities, and that feeling of just being like left completely alone and no one hears or understands you. Uh, as I kind of mentioned prior to we getting into the song, um, and it does, like I said, kind of fits the tone of the album. It just it's very. It's it's just being left alone and like feeling like no one just understands you. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, and I think this is like a good like I guess like a batch up to like some, the the next song because mm -hmm. um, I feel like they do kind of bleed in each other like really really well. Um, but I, I think it's I wouldn't say the song is is about like like, like self harm, but I feel like it. It's, I, I kind of 
cut that a little bit. Sure. Like maybe like just be being like being so alone that you might like lead yourself to to to, to, to do like that that thing. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what I, I got from it. Um, but again, it's uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it, it, it was good. Um, and um, to see what Daniel thinks. What Daniel thinks is, I think this situationally, I hated it because I'm going through oh. a lot right now. And as I was listening to it, I was like, "Fuck okay. you! I'm alone. Fuck <laughs> you! Fuck you!" And yeah. like, I don't think it's a terrible song, but I hated it at the time of listening to it because sure. I was sure. really not in a good place like during this song which yeah. you know the rest of the song or the rest of the album picked me up a little bit but this one i was like i don't even want to listen to this song i hate this song it's repetitive <laughs> and telling me i'm alone yeah so uh the the funny and thing also where can you buy a bullet for 10 cents Psh, tell me one uh, of the lyrics come on yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so is that what you meant about like suicidal thoughts yes one million percent yeah so uh, something to kind of add to this, uh, which I found is uh, continuing on my research of this album is when uh, Stephen Christian was writing this album, he was really kind of reflecting on just wanting to be left alone uh, because the, the past three or four years when they were touring on their other two albums, um, they just they were just bombarded by the press and just like, you know, having to you know travel from small town to small town for touring and stuff like that. And he just wanted that moment where he just like, listen, just leave me the fuck alone. And, and I, and I just, I don't, I don't want to communicate with the outside world. I just, I want my, I want my peace. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And this was, I think kind of like a catharsis for him, like just to kind of get those feelings out of his head and just on paper. And I honestly, I think it turned out into creating a, a great album in exchange, which I think most good uh, art is kind of born from, <laughs> bad feelings and depression and every, sure. everything else. It's like the absolute worst aspects of humanity turn out to be like some of the most beautiful art. Um, so I just want to say, so the reason why I said, and, and Dan kind of alluded to it before. So one of the lyrics is um, I've got the gun. All I need is 10 cents for the bullet. Yeah. Um, I feel helpless sleeping at best waiting for your return. Are you ever coming home? So, yeah, I mean, so, okay. I, I'll say this. Sure. Um, I've been, and I've, I've probably mentioned this before, but I've been in a situation before where I was kind of told, "Hey, if you like leave, if you leave me, I might do something that like that you'll regret or whatever." Yeah, and kind of throwing the guilt on me, and like again, that's what I kind of felt in this song. Um, so that's kind of why I kind of uh, got that. That I guess like like I got from that lyric. So yeah, so- this is a good point to point out. That you can dial 988 if you're having any suicidal thoughts. Absolutely. To reach out to someone in a crisis lifeline and Could, talk to someone. Couldn't agree I don't more. know about Canada. No. So, and <laughs> what's actually interesting is, like, I, as I was, like, researching these two songs, I was, like, looking at themes. All I was getting was was helplines. Um, so, it's it definitely is built into Google, which is, like, thankfully, is, is, is probably a good thing, is that when you search for these things... Um, these helplines do come up. So yeah, if you definitely um, have those thoughts, like definitely reach out um, and call us one for help. Yep. I also am worried Google now worries about me because I looked it up and it's like, <laughs> can we get your location? And I'm like, oh shit. Oh, no, shit. I just wanted to know the number, confirm it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just looked it up myself too. And I got this. <laughs> uh, if you are, no, you can't know my location. I'm feeling all right. <laughs> I'm, 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 in, I'm in a good headspace. I promise. Uh, if you're in Canada, you can call one eight three three four five six four five six six to talk to someone twenty four seven three six five. You guys need a better number. Ours is just nine eight eight. Or you can text four five six four five. 
That's still too many numbers. I, listen, <laughs> I hear you. Uh, Canada figure shit out. Um, okay. <laughs> Moving on to drag number eight. Uh, this song is called Alexithymia. Let's give it a listen. All right, so this is uh, a song about the memory of a past lifetime where a happy relationship that once ex- uh, once existed, over time the bonds that held them together have dissipated, uh, and the character in this song, if you will, is begging to realize that life is more than just a painted in a rosy picture. Day by day he begins to understand that more fully as he contemplates on his past relationship. Um, in medical terms, uh, as kind of like an aside, alexithymia is when a person has difficulty identifying and expressing emotions. It's not necessarily known as a, it's not a mental health disorder necessarily, um, but it is kind of falls within the veins of that. Um, the uh, the the popular phrase that uh, it's kind of obviously repetitive uh, within the song is "There's more to living than being alive," uh, which I I can personally identify with that a little bit just from you know my experiences kind of growing up and and going through relationships and stuff like that is like you you kind of i think a lot of us especially like as we get older go through this repetitive nature of just like you know waking up brushing your teeth eating some breakfast going to work coming back eating dinner watching some tv and then passing out on the couch or you know however your your day-to-day goes right and just like it's the winter routine what are you talking about but (laughs) (laughs) but but that's the point i'm trying to make is like that winter routine though can for some people be their entire life where they just don't really have anything that kind of, you know, um, you know, that, that thing to look forward to or that, that thing that makes them happy. Um, so I, the, I appreciate that phrase that there's more to living than being alive. Hmm. I do want to cut in and say, you just made this track a hundred times better for me. Oh, I already love the, I already love this track, but I thought oh. the name was stupid as hell. Right. But I didn't look oh. up what the name was actually <laughs> it was yeah. like, this name is dumb. But I love the <laughs> fluttering guitars to the driving drums. The lyrics are fantastic. That chorus works so well for me. Right. The bridge solo section is oof, fantastic. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Very chef's Mwah. kiss. Mwah. Benny, what do you Nothing think? Nothing more to add. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I, I had to look up what it meant. And then I put like it was an inability to recognize or describe one's emotions. Um Again, I don't want to like. I just the ones I saw, like people were saying that it's also linked to self harm, but I don't know if that's even correct. Um, again, it was just was someone's like interpretation of, sure. of of this of this uh, condition. So I don't know if that's even correct. Um, but uh, I definitely enjoyed the song, though. It was great. It's entirely possible. I mean, there, like I said, uh, a lot of the, the the heavier themes that kind of exist that are uh, interwoven throughout this album definitely deal with a lot of dark places. Um, so I, I could see how that would creep into someone's thoughts or someone's writing, uh, especially when, when writing this album. So yeah, so it makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we move on to, uh, track number nine, gentlemen. We're just kind of cruising through all these. I love it. Um, this is, this is track number nine. This is called reclusion. Let's give it a listen. So, um, fun fact about this album, although I wouldn't necessarily call it a fun fact. Um, 
so uh, once again, quoting from Stephen Christian, the lead singer of the band, uh, he has voiced regret at times uh, for the amount of personal thoughts placed into the song. He said it's a song that reflects his longing to be secluded at times away from the public and the noise, which obviously reclusion makes sense, right? Uh, he yep. said he said that he felt the song was maybe too personal for the album and wasn't sure that it would fit with uh, the other Amber Lynn songs, which I... I personally disagree um, to a certain extent because uh, I love the direction that this song takes. Um, it ha- it definitely does have a darker pattern to it, um, but it definitely fits, once again, the, the tone of living in a large city and feeling like you don't belong. So instead of venturing out into the world and finding your place, if you will, uh, you lock yourself away and stay there until someone finds you, um, which I can kind of relate to that at times. Um, but I, I also understand where Stephen's kind of coming with this, where it, it doesn't have that same kind of, like polished clean guitar work and and feels more like a almost like a like a goth uh synth pop song in some regards hmm. but anyways interesting i mean so i think I, I thought about what you said before i believe you said it was like this, this album has a bunch of themes and one of the themes is like like you versus yourself sure um and i definitely got that um from like from this he's like just like a you know he's He's talking to himself and kind of losing who he is. Um, I think the, the, the recluse is his, is his inner person in his mind who is troubled and and is just like voluntarily staying hidden. So his like true self is 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 voluntarily staring staying hidden, um, and he does that purposely um, for, for the rest of the world. But yeah, again, that's that's what I kind of got from it too. No, I can totally hear that for sure. Dan, what do you think? What did you call it? A gothy. Pop, gothy synthwave pop sort of dealio thingamabob. That makes sense because this is my favorite track on the whole album. <laughs> really, <Of course laughs> it is. Interesting. Yes. Um. So my complaints with their synthy time last time do not work. Like the synths work amazing in this song, and those electronic drums fading in and out are cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um. I love the line "sins like skeletons are so very hard to hide." Did he murder someone though? Is that what we're trying to find out? Did he? Is he trying to hide skeletons, just like he's trying to hide his sins? Uh, this song kills it. Like I really love this song. Right on. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's a fun song. Uh, it's not one of my personal favorites, but uh, I I can definitely kind of attest to the idea that I I like how they somehow they can just break their own patterns of of their I guess style, if you will. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a fun tune for sure. All right, gentlemen, we move on to inevitable, which is track number ten. Let's give that one a listen. Uh, play. So this is, in my opinion, they're kind of like their ultimate love slash heartbreak song. Um, like the the idea of like, I want to be your last first kiss. Um, we could stay in this moment for the rest of our lives. I want to break every clock. You know, like just the, the idea of just like preserving like what's left of any type of relationship and just wanting to like bottle it up and, and, and keep it the way that it is. Um, the everything about this song, in my opinion, from like the string section to the acoustic drums is just perfect. Um, it. Ironically enough, which I find kind of weird, although I understand from the chorus standpoint of things, 
Um, I had a bunch of friends actually get married, uh, and their first song or their first dance song was oh. this song, uh, which I was kind of like, oh boy, okay. Um, I, I I feel like maybe you're 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 looking at this from a surface level and maybe not digging deeper into what these lyrics might be because I have a feeling it's not as super loving as you might approach it's it to be. Kind of dark, right? I mean, I mean, I I, I put like. I, I put like like a like death and bold letters. I don't know why I put death and bold letters, but I feel like it's. I think it has like those like lingering, uh, like, I guess like, like like themes and like 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 love. I mean, again, it's kind of kind of dark as well. But I mean, sure, like it's every person we love is eventually going to like going to leave us in, in some in some way, right? Um, and that's super super depressing. <laughs> wow, Benny. Um, wow, thanks. No problem, um, <laughs> but I mean, I I do, and I think that it's a like, like that. You kind of mentioned it before about you know like, about the I think it's like like, like the crash of a clock, um, mm-hmm. those type of lyrics and and like just like smashing, stopping time, smashing time, something that we all kind of like wish we kind of could do, right? Um, but uh, it definitely. Like, I I wouldn't use this as <laughs> as like a wedding song personally. I mean, if you, if you have, it's okay, right? Um. No judgment, but I, I for one, probably wouldn't. Same. Uh, Daniel, your thoughts? <laughs> My thoughts were, this could be great for a romantic mixtape if they don't dig too far into the lyrics. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it's a very cute acous- acoustic song. If it wasn't for Unwinding Cable Cars, I'd say it's my favorite, but Unwinding Cable Cars still kills it. Um, mm. It's still solid. I liked it. Right on. All right, gentlemen, we are now to the last two tracks of the album. Surprisingly enough, we are on track number 10, and this is Dismantle Repair. Let's give it a listen. I probably should have timed that a little bit better, but because uh, that was like over thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. But I, I absolutely love this song. This is like one of my favorite songs. Of theirs and the band kind of agrees with me. Um, they did. Uh, so and no, there, there's a reason I'll explain. So sure. uh, during the pandemic, uh, the band did a lot of uh, live versions, like like uh, like secluded live versions of mm-hmm. all of their albums. They played them all like front to back um, and for like for charity. And also they released them on vinyl too, which I probably will never find any of them because everyone that has them is like selling them for like three, $400, which is insane. Um, but uh, before they played this song, so they did once again, cities back uh, front to back. And before they started playing the song, uh, once again, the lead singer, Stephen Christian, uh, he said like, if I had, if someone asked me like, Hey, describe Amberlynn for me or play like what you deemed to be the ultimate Amberlynn song. He's like, it'd either be this song or Paper Thin Him or a- another song, and I forget which one it was. I want to say it was... I can't remember right now for the life of me which the other one he said what it was, but um, but he then he asked like all the other band members, he's like, well, what do you guys think? He's like, yeah, this song, definitely. He's like, this, this is the song that we play. Um, so it's also kind of a fan favorite as well so much that it inspires tattoos like there's a lot of people that have dismantle repair like tattooed on their on their wrists or on their legs so it's it's kind of like that whole idea of like having you know once again control in one hand and and the ability to destroy in the other right 
Mm. Um, so the uh, the one thing that uh, uh, Stephen Christian explains about this song is it re- represented a confession-like experience with the music he creates. He said that when he sat down at the piano, he could feel the music pulling his secrets from him in a sense as to dismantle him to the core and begin to repair who he is. Uh, he said that at the time of writing the, uh, the song for Cities, he began to feel like a recluse and wanted to be left alone. Um, and and God, that, that, that scream, just like right in the middle of it, like that I'm never letting go, like just fucking just rips me apart every time I hear it. I'm just like, God damn. I'm like, I can feel that every time. And uh, when they perform it live, everyone just belts that part out. It is just, it's, it's one of those moments where you're just like, fuck, this is what good live music is like. Oh. Anyways, Benny, what do you think? I just lost my notes. Thank you. Go. <laughs> yeah, damn. I'll go. Cause you can soften it. Cause I feel terrible. Oh no, you don't like this song. I actually did not like this song at all. I found it kind of boring, which in, is weird and predictable in a sense. The, the lyrics in the chorus were pretty solid, but I don't know. It didn't like stand out to me, and I didn't know all those facts. Maybe I need to just hear it again because I've only listened to it the once. Sure. When I did the listen through, mm-hmm. but I was still going high off the last couple songs, and this one I was just like, yeah, it's it's fine, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow. I know I feel bad. I didn't know this was like looking over my notes at all the songs I loved and the songs I didn't like. I didn't expect this one to be like your favorite or the band's favorite. It is. Yeah. This, this one's by far one of my favorites. I'll give it it another chance because it's a fan favorite too. Like they're like people who love this band, like absolutely love this song. Yep. I mean, again, it was, I thought it was a good song. I mean, it isn't, isn't my, isn't my favorite either, but I mean, sure. Hey, if it's your favorite, I was going to the Nets. All the power trivia, but I mean, I didn't really have many notes to this one either. Yeah. Um, I just felt it was more just about like just someone just finding someone who who gets you and makes you better, and it could be about just a someone who kind of like can build you back up. And I, I guess that's kind of like in like the line of like dismantle repair. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like what I kind of got from it. Right on. Okay. Well, gentlemen, we move on to the uh, the final track of the album, which is abrupt or uh, appropriately titled. Finn. 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 F-I-N with an asterisk before it. Anyways, let's give it a listen. So this is the longest track that they've ever produced, uh, totaling almost nine minutes in length. And there's a lot to uh, unpack here. Um, so if you guys don't mind, I'm going to go on a tiny bit of a rant here. Or not a rant, but a, 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 a dissection, if you will, um, concerning the last episode. Uh, Dan went <laughs> a very long diatribe on one of the other songs we were listening to. Uh, so this is uh, one of the most personal songs uh, that, that Stephen Christian wrote about this uh, album. He said, uh, I felt like a weight was lifted off when I finished writing it uh, next to the library in Richard's Coffee Shop in Winter Haven, Florida. By the way, by the way, the band is from Florida. Um, so anyways, the song tells of four overarching stories that affected my faith in Christ growing up. So there's like definitely some religious undertones, if you couldn't tell already. Um, the first is of an unfulfilled prophecy that was given to William and Mary in Winter Haven, Florida. 
Um, they know, I know, and God knows, according to him. Uh, the second is an autobiographical tale that happened to me on Ridge Road in Stevensville, Michigan. So shout out to Michigan. Um, I was five years old and I walked down our long driveway and I headed out with God and the devil. I remember telling them both to leave me alone. I was confused and won neither of them. The third is of a missionary who abandoned his wife, uh, a fictional tale that is, and uh, his children to help others and only ended up, hurting up uh, ending up hurting everyone around him. And he did more damage than he could ever repair in his lifetime. Uh, maybe he has changed. Maybe he has stayed the same. The final story is of Billy Burke, uh, a healer, a mystic. I'm not sure. Either way, I saw Oz. Uh, I watched the curtain pull back. I was left in a spiral of disbelief. Maybe he has changed. Maybe he has stayed the same. Uh, the truth is, if you're looking for God and Christian, prepare to be disappointed. The truth is, we humans are all hypocrites, all of us. Luckily, I found Christ in spite of these and other stories that propelled me in the opposite direction. Um, as as some personal notes for myself, this is uh, it's it's kind of like a magnum opus of songs, right? It, it's 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 very there's so much going on in it, and it it feels like it just takes you on this whole journey through like just the 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 lead singer's psyche a little bit, uh, and just kind of like he's telling you this this big grandiose story. Um, I love the choir towards the end of it, like with the, uh, the, the children's choir saying like patron saints, are we all lost like you? Um, the riffing at the end where he just kind of like just, I wouldn't say mad libs, but just like just kind of just goes off the, off, off the dome, if you will. And just kind of just gets out whatever's inside of him on, onto, onto, uh, onto wax, if you will. Uh, it just, there's something very cathartic and soothing about that and um the one thing I, another one small thing that i like about that is that it actually bleeds into the title track or the, the very first song of the album uh which is uh debut and it has like this kind of just like seamless almost connection uh together so like you could listen to this album on repeat and not know that you listen to it on repeat technically speaking oh look at you i know i've, I've listened to this album more times I, could imagine. I mean i didn't I kind of like got. I'm not really saying that to you, but I definitely I, I took up what what uh, Stephen was Stephen said about the four the four stories. Yeah, and this probably surprisingly this is like probably my, my favorite song. I know it's long, it is. but I I love this song. I, I thought it was great. I thought like the the journey that they kind of took us on was fantastic, mm-hmm. and I, it was just very like, beautiful. And I, I just I I loved the. Like I guess like the ins and outs of like whatever like made him who he, like who he is in terms of like his Christianity because I mean like, again I think we I'm pretty sure we all have kind of gone through uh type of like like, like religious like us like like ups and like, ups and downs or I, I think at least I think Jacuna has I, I, have you Dan, I don't know I, I I was raised Catholic for for, <laughs> for almost, okay yeah and so, and also went to Catholic school for nine years <laughs> so, our second so, religious episode I know so and I get I know but it's just a uh, I definitely could like relate um, to that just because I've. It's kind of funny. Like, one of my like, my like past, uh, like I guess like a uh, relationships, whatever, was like, a Catholic person, um, and they left to go be like a missionary mm-hmm. um, in in like Ireland, and just became like so judgmental. Um, that I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I didn't, it just, it, it made no sense to me. So th- this, um, this, this song, um, definitely, um, hit home, um, to me. Um, and I thought it was beautiful. I thought, I thought it was extremely well done. And I know it's long as hell, but I was definitely along for the ride the whole time. Hell yeah. Uh, I, the one thing that I also love about this song too, in particular, and not to cut you off, Dan, uh, is the idea that he keeps on bringing back a callback to, uh, being the patron saint of lost causes, uh, yes. which is, which I think is kind of 
uh, an embodiment, if you will, of of the rest of the album is like a lot of these people are in in their in a certain sense their own the characters that exist within all these songs are kind of like in their own sense their own patrons of lost causes because they just feel like they're they're just no one understands them. Hmm. Anyways, Dan, your thoughts. Epic finale with. Giant choruses, children singing, backup, uh, epic guitar parts, roaring vocals, 10 minutes long. I hated this song. It's a gospel song. I feel like I could be sitting in a mega church and they would be singing this with Jesus Christ hanging above them. What? I hated this song. I I thought that would go a whole different direction. I'm like, no. So what I wanted to point out, though, is I appreciate this song. I just it does nothing for me. Fair. Like musically, this song is tight and it is it is structured perfectly. I like the concept of the four stories. It just does nothing for me at all because sure. it just reminds me of like sitting in a mega church and like just the way even the way he sings in this song is like, you know, there should be doves floating around him and big white light behind him. And we're all finding Jesus together kind of moments. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, I, I can, <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Everyone's fighting Jesus right now. Come on, man. <laughs> it's a cool thing to do, don't you know? Come uh, to the light, man. It's so where it's at. I, we got like pizza. I said, my final note on this song is that it's a cool, epic song, and I get it. It's just not for me, and I didn't like it personally, but I appreciate it and I understand why it's popular. Yeah. If, if someone who, like I said, as, as was raised religious, uh, and who is now become an atheist because of it, uh, I the I can totally see where you're coming from, Dan. There, if like if you're really adverse to religion, this is not going to connect with you in any way, shape, or form. But I feel like I feel like you can can almost ignore some of the lyrics to it and just kind of like get lost in the the musicality of it, if you will, um, and, and just like have it just kind of like envelop you in that regard. Um, so it's it it just depends on how you interpret this song or just how you want to interpret it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's like I said, uh, it's also the ironically, or no, I wouldn't say ironically, um, but it is the also the last song that they always end with when they play live. So and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of camaraderie that also exists within it, too. There's a lot like the 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 when the chorus kind of kicks or when the choir kicks in the patron saints, are we all lost like you? Like that's usually when the majority of the crowd will sing that back to the band. So it's um, mm-hmm. like I said, it's a it's a fun it's I a fun moment. That. I thought it was also funny this as I was listening to it. I like I think it was the five minute mark. It sounded like it was winding down. I was like, oh, this is still going. I bet there's a cool like extra track. So I skipped ahead to like the seven minute mark. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, this is still going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have to go back now because I don't remember where I left off. So I got to restart this whole thing. Yeah. Then honestly, that is my favorite part of the song. Like, I mean, the, the how long the- it is. No, no, no. The 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 kind of like the the breakdown towards the end of like the last like we'll say like minute and a half, two minutes or so, mm-hmm. like where he's just kind of like riffing. Uh, I I really love like that. It's it feels as much of a problematic human being as he is, and honestly, like, well, not even problematic. He's he's a garbage human. Uh, the 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 song by Kanye West. Um, oh God, I can't think of it right now for the light of me. Um, shit. Uh, let's have, let's have a toast to the the, the assholes, the jerk offs. Uh, there is like the the non radio edit of that song. I'm like, I'm like, oh, Runaways. That's the song. Anyways, um, the the last like four minutes of that song that is not part of the radio edit of Will is is Kanye doing the same thing and just riffing through just like whatever's like existing in his mind at that point in time. And like, I kind of feel like that same sort of like 
okay, I get it. You're you're working through something. Let, let's unpack it, dude. Do do what you gotta do. You know. Yeah, I dig it. Anyways, um, so that is uh, cities proper uh, in terms of the uh, the album start to finish. However, though, I did add in two little extra credit assignment for the both of you guys uh, because were they supposed to be part of the album? Yeah. So here, so here's the deal with that. So there are two songs that we're gonna listen to uh, after this real quickly: uh, "The Haunting" and "Uncanny." So the deal with that was is when this album was released, there were two versions that were released. There was the the proper album once again that we just listened to, and then a deluxe version that got released at exactly the same time that had these two songs into it. So if you were in the U.S. or in Canada, you would get "Uncanny" as that bonus track along with two cover songs that they did, which was, I mentioned it before, I believe, uh, gosh, uh, The Promise uh, by Win in Rome, and There's a Light That Never Goes Out, which is a cover of the Smith song. Um, so anyways, and then if you lived in Japan, they got uh, the song called The Haunting. So I wanted to listen to both of those because um, they should have been part of the album as far as I'm concerned, um, and they technically were if you had the deluxe version. So um, if you guys would indulge... Uh, sure. we, we can listen to uh, those tracks. So, um, by the way, uh, for those of you who are not fans of the band, or this is your first time listening to any of their music, um, these songs are. Uh, if you can't find the deluxe version, you can find them on their uh, B sides album, which came out afterwards, called Lost Songs. Um, and uh, which one are we doing first? Uh, we're gonna do the haunting first. Okay, cool. Cool. Let's give that a listen and play. There's something dancing. So I really wish, as uh, as a personal aside, I really wish this song would have actually been on Cities proper in terms of, like, the original track listing. Like, I feel like we could have gotten rid of There's No Mathematics to Love and Loss and put this in its place, and I feel it would have fit the album a whole lot better. Um, I the on, My only gripe about it is that the, uh, the lyrics are a bit... I wouldn't say sophomore because it feels very unfair. Um, but there, there, there's not like there's not a lot of substance to it. But man, when that when that chorus fucking kicks in and just like you get the heavily distorted guitars and that big drum beat kick in, like it's just it mm. becomes like this big epic, just kind of like over enveloping track. And and I love, absolutely love the the kind of the pitch shift that uh, Stephen Christian does as well as well in the song. It's it, like I said, it's one of my favorite kind of like B sides of theirs, um, and also. Uh, it was supposedly, uh, in, as doing some research on this, was supposed to be a part of the original track listing. Uh, it was teased on MySpace back in those days. Hey, guys, remember MySpace? Um, but, um, yeah, they, they teased this on their MySpace page, and everyone that were fans of the band thought this was going to be on the album, and then uh, they never got it. So they're just like, oh, wait, so where'd this go? And they're like, oh, yeah, if you live in Japan, you get it on the deluxe version. Um, yeah. So, anyways, thoughts, gentlemen? I guess I'll go. I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, I guess I I don't really I didn't really dig too much into this. It just kind of seemed like it was about a relationship that was like lost, and he still thinks about them. It, it just that's what I kind of got from it. The sure. haunting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, fun fact: I actually think I I wrote a short story 
like a long ass time ago. Like in, the, in like in a, it was called Writer's Craft in, in in grade twelve, and I believe it was called The Haunting. No shit. <laughs> but what's funny is like it wasn't. About, I don't know where the fuck I got the haunting from, because it was not about haunting at all. I don't know where I got. It. I think it just I I thought it sounded cool at the time. Um, so I don't know why that's just like a, a weird pivot, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the song. Um, I think it probably would have fit um on the album too, and I kind of, kind of wish it was. Um, but again, I just because fun fact, th- these songs I, I had to really struggle to find. <laughs> um, because I being in Canada for some reason, like the that last songs EP that you spoke on earlier is not available to um Canadian. Uh, Apple Music um, users. So if you are an Apple Music user, I know they're out there because I exist and I matter. So don't you <laughs> dare tell me that I don't. Stop trying to advocate um, for me to get on Apple Music, Benny. You're never going to win that battle. Spotify forever. I mean, I mean it's, it's better than Spotify, but it's fine. <laughs> it, it didn't have one song. Like, it, yeah, what, two, what's, well, I guess, I guess, I guess a collection of songs fine. What, um, but, what song did it have, if, if you don't mind me asking? It didn't have the lost. Song. It didn't have the lost. Uh, oh, got it. Okay, it didn't have. At all. Didn't have the album but, at all. Okay. So I have to find it. So Dan, if you want to speak on it, I, I want to try and find where I did see it on Apple Music. But Danny, if you want to go and for, for, so you get the haunting from the 1999 Liam Neeson movie, The Haunting. Of course, which is a obviously. great horror movie. <laughs> of course. Um, I thought this. Does this song have significant memory to you? Like. Me? Uh I don't I don't think so necessarily. I mean I I remember when I first heard it, like it it's I mean it's it's a song that stuck with me for quite a long time just because I I felt like I was almost like a privileged person to hear it at one point in time because it was when I worked at the radio station, this was actually leaked to us uh from the label, uh, because they were like, We want you guys to start promoting this track in particular and I was like, Oh, okay. And uh then they then they pulled it from us. Uh, and they're like, no, you can't promote it anymore because it's actually not going to be on the album. Sorry. And I was like, oh, no. okay. Um, thanks. But thankfully we were able, they, they told us like, yeah, just to destroy the CD. It's fine. You, you know, uh, we, we trust that you'll do that. I'm like, yeah, I ain't doing that shit. Uh, so, yeah, totally. Gonna yeah. I'm totally, totally going to destroy it and not put it in my computer and rip it right now into my iTunes. Uh, yep. All right, cool. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, aside from that, uh, not really much significance. Why are you about to shit on it? I just, I mean, I was excited because it's called The Haunting, and I found it just so boring to get through. Uh, I did not like this. I would not replace any other album on the track with this because I thought this is a perfectly fine B-side. Wow, okay, fair enough. I know, I'm sorry, and I'm glad we did this one first because I do love the next one we'll talk about. But All right, uh, Benny, before... So, yeah. Also, before, so I, I found an album... On it says uh, "Dancing Between the Fibers of Time." Interesting. Um, Amberlin, okay. Um, and it's weird because it has a lot of the tracks, but they're in a different order. Huh. Dancing through the fibers of time. Yeah, I have no idea on that one. That's a. Uh, that's oh, a I one. found it. Like "Whisper in the Clamor." Uh, that has this has to be like a greatest hits because it's got paper thin him, him him on it. It must be that must be what it's it is. It's got yeah. Godspeed. Yeah, it's a it's like a greatest hits. Okay, because it, it has it has haunting and dismantle repair. Okay, that's why I was like, what the fuck? Ooh. So that's where I saw haunting, but the words at on that lost songs was not nowhere to be found, which is weird. Like, why would they have? Haunting on this greatest hits, but not on uh, whatever. Well, because once well, it, it was a it was a Japanese B side, so I mean it's I mean makes sense. 
Okay. And knowing the like MySpace leak, I feel like this probably was a very popular song back when it first dropped. It was. Like, that'd be exciting. Yeah, so Godspeed uh, was the first <laughs> song that was leaked out via MySpace. Or not, well, not le- uh, leaked out. It was just released by the band. Um, so, and then this, once again, kind of got leaked out by just radio. And then somehow it landed on MySpace as well. And then kind of just take on, took on a life of its own. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. kind of. One of my favorite songs uh, in terms of like B-sides by them. Anywho, uh, we move on now to what we got here in the United States and in Canada uh, as the uh, B-side, or well, the, the song on the deluxe album, aside from the two cover songs, and it's called Uncanny. Let's give it a listen. Love us American So, um, this song is uh, about uh, Stephen Christian and, uh, saying it was about a reflection of his attachment and appreciation of his fellow band members, which kind of makes Thank sense. You. Yeah, it, it, I mean, they love yep. us American boys, right? How how could you how could you not glean that from that? Um, this is not. I I honestly wish, and I know Dan's going to disagree with me on this one, but I feel like we should have the United States and and Canada should have gotten the Japanese B side as opposed to <laughs> this one. It it just it's it's fine. It's just, it's not my personal fave. That's so funny. Same. <laughs> oh, see, look at that. Two I, on I, one. I, I don't like it uh, either, but I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I'm going to be on tour. Like, as bandmates, the, the love of his, of his bros is American boys. His American boys. Um, right. That, that was kind of in me, but it's fine. I thought the song was great. Um, well, the guitars and vocal know? stylings give me '90s alternative vibes and times. It almost felt like it could be the end track for American Pie. Oh, like, I could, I could totally get that. Yeah. Okay. I could but totally I thought this was a really fun song, and out of the two B sides, this is definitely my favorite. Oh wow! Right. Interesting. Well, well, gentlemen, that's the uh, that's the entire album. Uh, overarching thoughts uh final thoughts i know this obviously benny this is your first introduction to the band in terms of like listening to one of their full albums i know that dan's listened to never take friendship personal um mm-hmm. i guess my question to you is after listening to this album would that convince you to listen to their older stuff or some of their newer stuff i definitely want to dive into the back catalog um for sure i mean you really now, need to listen it, to never take friendship personal. is it very like is it very gaudy or no because no. even this one like I think to me, I had to like dig a little deep to actually like, like, like visualize like the religious tones in this album. So, I mean, even though they are a Christian band, like, again, I think we mentioned before that it wasn't really like really, really, really hard to paint. It, it was, you had to really dive deep to really like, like seek that out. But yeah, it doesn't like beat I you mean, over it, the head with it. Besides no, no. Finn, I didn't get that impression at all by most of the songs. Finn, yeah, which is kind of funny because, like, you know, I don't like like that type of music, like 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 hard gospel, like religious stuff. Like, I, I end up like really really enjoying Finn. So it's That's... weird. I don't know what happened, but I definitely want to dive into their their like back catalog. Um, and do they have any like new music? Mm-hmm. Like, yep, they so, have an EP yeah. that came out last year. Yeah, uh, technically this year. Did we do that on. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, last year because this is 2023. God damn it, man. On Where's a, time gone? What's called on a, our new music Monday, but you haven't done like we like, we played. Uh, I believe we did. Anyways, uh, so they, uh, so kind of the, the backstory here is, 
uh, I think it was either their bass guitar player or one of their uh, lead guitar players passed away uh, from, I, I want to say, I, I actually think it was suicide. Uh, I could be wrong, though. Um, but definitely at a very, very young age. And the band kind of just like immediately broke up after that because they were just like, they, we can't continue on without this person, right? Um, gotcha. So uh, the uh, the story goes from what I remember because uh, Steve told uh, us, the audience at the Detroit show that I went to uh, back in 2019, was that we, uh, he said that he called them all up after being like kind of away from the band for about two or three years and was just like, hey, do you guys just want to come over to my house and we'll just like, We'll sit around. We'll we'll set up. A, I'll set up a bonfire. We'll just we'll just hang out. We'll have you know we'll have we'll have some drinks and we'll just kind of like chat about the good old days, right? And uh, he said at the end of them just kind of getting like just really just messed up, uh, just said you know we should just get back together and we should just like we should make music again. And they all kind of agreed. And then they so they went back on tour, um, nice. and then uh, because of the pandemic, obviously they didn't have a chance to go into the studio to record music. So as soon as kind of like things kind of like got back to quote unquote normal, um, that's when they went into the studio and recorded a three or four song EP called Silverline, uh, which mm-hmm. has a song called Two Graves, which I I fucking love. Uh, it was on my top ten songs of uh, 2022 uh, for here for the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, I really feel like they're taking like kind of this heavier sort of edge, which I really really love. Um, but they've released. Uh, I think a total of, uh, excluding obviously this EP, I think a total of seven studio albums, um, some better wow. than others. Um, if I were to say like my top three would be their first three, which are um, Blueprints of the Black Market, Never Take Friendship Personal, and Cities. Um, past that point, there are a few other albums that are good, but not good as a whole. Like there's a lot of good songs you can pick, pick apart from it and a lot of kind of fluff, if you will. But uh, sure. overall, the band is very, very solid, and I'd say those three albums for sure um, should be on your list if you're if you're wanting to dive into their back catalog. Yeah, because yeah, I really, I really, really enjoy this. So I think I think it's, I don't know if we're gonna like if, wait for like rate this first. So if you want to like, give our thoughts first, um, yeah. Um, so I, I'm actually, if I can just say something super quick here, Benny, I'm sure. actually very, very surprised you love this album, and not like not from the not, not from the standpoint of um, just like in terms of like tone or just kind of musicality. I was thinking that like you weren't gonna like Stephen Christian's voice, and therefore just kind of pan the rest of it, just like ah, yeah. because I mean there there are there are lead singers that can completely destroy a band. Like you have like a bunch of talented musicians, but yet the lead singers kind of like eh, or like the, the the lyrics that they have to write are not also great. It kind of like just trashes the rest. Of it in my opinion um so no, I, I thought for sure like you were gonna hear his voice I'm like oh no not, no no i first time i heard it like it's, i got i'm usually like, pretty good at like just like hearing a vocalist and being like yeah I'm not, I, I i can fuck with this or no i hate this shit yeah, yeah. um and he's got I, a great voice he does so he has a great fucking voice so i i immediately like enjoyed it and i really want to like just like get, get through the album and, and and get my thoughts but no i would definitely go into their other music and i really enjoyed it uh, bad news, though. My... Bad news. Oh. If you're trying to get any of these albums on vinyl, they're very hard to find. They're very expensive. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't go that far. I mean, yeah. because I know how much they cost, probably. Yeah. Um, they're so not cheap. I think I'll be okay. Even though, like, didn't they just release the like, cities? They did. And I texted it to you guys. I'm like, you need to get this. No. Now I feel like it, yeah, it's fine. You can buy my copy if you want. For Why? For, did you for... get more than one? Uh, well, I, I have the original pressing and then I have this uh, splatter variant oh. that, that just got released. So. Anyways, Dan. So this is my second favorite Amberlin album now. Awesome. I've listened to three albums. <laughs> I liked it more than New Surrender for sure. Um, and it gave me my honestly, Unwinding Cable Car might be my favorite Amberlin song now. 
So it's regard pretty it's regard pretty heavily by uh by the fan community too. They they there's yeah, it's it's pretty high up there. But yeah, I I like this album. There's like four or five songs I could live without, but there's a lot of songs I really enjoyed. But mm-hmm. I feel like that was kind of how I felt about most I mean, I feel like Never Take Friendship Personal, I liked pretty much the whole album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're... then I remember New Surrender, which is probably the reason isn't New Surrender? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. New Surrender is their fourth, I think, no, wait, their fifth studio album, I believe. I remember listening to that, and there was, like, four songs I really liked, but that was kind of, like, the end of Van Rulin for me. Because mm-hmm. then, like, I found out they put out a new album after that, and I was like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> new Surrender, like, kind of soured it for me. Yeah. And I don't know why I've never listened to this album. I thought it was a later album for some reason. Nope. It, it was their third. So uh, in terms of the uh, album listing, it was Blueprints to the Black Market, Never Take Friendship Personal, Cities. Then after that came out uh, Dark is a Way, Light is a Place. Uh, and then, oh. oh, I'm sorry. No, apologies. My apologies. New Surrender was was after that. My apologies. Yeah, I thought it was fourth. Yeah, that was fourth. Fifth was Dark is the Way, Light is the Place. Then it went to... Um, Vital and then Lowborn, hmm. and I and I'll be honest with you, um, I'm a big fan of the band. I haven't listened to Lowborn at all. I've I've heard <laughs> it, it just because. Well, keep in mind there was there was a um, there was like a two year gap in between Lowborn and Vital, and I think when Vital came out, I heard like the four the first like four or five songs on it. And I was like, and I wasn't like super jazzed about it, so I was like, um, uh, I'll get to this album eventually, and then just never did. <laughs> So shame on me. I'm a bad fan. I should probably give it a listen at some point. I've heard good things about it. Mm. All right. We rating them. Yeah, sure. well, let's do it. Uh, you guys already know what my rating is. So I'll let you guys go first and then I'll, uh, I'll give Wait, it I want to know, is it a perfect 10? It's not a perfect 10, but damn, it's close. Uh, I gave it, I give it a 9.5. Okay. Yep. Benny? Gentlemen. So I went for just a little below on um, 8.5, just because it's my first like time, time listening to the album. And I, th- I thought it was great. I mean, I didn't, Love every song, but I was pretty damn close to like loving 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 every song. So I think eight point five is a we're drawing the line in the sand. All right, Simon Cowell, <laughs> the podcast. What do you guys say, Dan? Wow, <laughs> um, you're like I hate this song. Twenty three, seven point two three. What? Why the why the point two three? I don't know. <laughs> um, like I said, there's a lot of songs oh. I loved on this album, and there's a lot of songs I really didn't like. But it's not like middle ground, so it's not like a five. Sure. For sure. Because the songs I really liked, I really liked. So I would give it a seven point two three. <laughs> I'd give it a seven point two. Why is it seven point two three? It must be some significance of that. Uh twenty twenty three, seven point two three. Oh <laughs> nice. Very nice. Thanks, guys. I'll be here all night. Try the fish. Um <laughs> Well like uh, Oh go the on. Song, the album had a lot of whispers, but not a lot of clamor. Oh God! You know. Oh, uh, all right. J- just for that, you get this. Fine, I'll be a reclusion and go home. Oh upstairs. God! It was inevitable. This was going to happen. Oh God! <laughs> Finn, Finn, this podcast is Finn. Uh, oh no, we have time to dismantle and repair it. <laughs> it's uncanny how good we are at this. Anyways. <laughs> I feel like you're just going to haunt me the entire time. I was was just going to say that. (laughs) Damn it. Oh, you guys. Godspeed to you. (laughs) You know, Adelaide, you really had me going this time. We can't use the names. I was thinking about that. That doesn't work. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, Benny, where can I find you on the internet? Well, 
it was inevitable that you were gonna like shit on one of the <laughs> one of the albums too, so it's fine. I didn't completely shit on this. Benny, where can we find you on the internet? Would you ask me? Just where can we find you? Benny and the wax. Um <laughs> across all of your social 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 so social media things. Um so if you on if you if you if you on you on. I can't even fucking speak, guys. If you're on the TikToks, the Instagrammies, or the tw- Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> Benny and Wax, where you can find me. Um, sorry, I I just just be quiet right now. Bye. <laughs> Dan, where, Dan, where can we find you on the internet? Hello. If you're feeling alone, you can find me at Ecto Cooler Ghost at all the social medias. <laughs> Great. See how I use that last one yeah. in there? I, I I see what you did. Did you Did you see what I did? I, I see did what you, you did. Are you and, proud of me, Dad? Are uh, you uh, proud of me? <laughs> Listen, uh, if you have Alexa Thymia, you you can find me <laughs> at, at at the Big Shakuna pretty much anywhere on the internet as well. I also stream on Twitch on uh, Wednesdays and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to watch me play video games very badly. Uh, also, you can go to our website, besideourselves.com, for all of our links uh, in terms of all of our playlists, where you can find us for the podcast, all of our socials, as well as uh, get yourself some t-shirts or uh, join our fan-only Discord or stuff like that. So uh, go check that out. Once again, besideourselves.com. And with that, it's time to flip the record over. <sighs> There's no mathematics to love and loss. <laughs> That's the only one I'm going to figure <laughs> That's out. That's right. <laughs>